I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films, Narcitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 598, Return to the Blue Lagoon. Just where we wanted to return to. <laughs> How could you not? How could you not? So, uh, before we... Have you seen the first one? <laughs> Sadly, I have. Now. So, before... Before we uh, get to all that, uh, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Crystal O'Keefe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And uh, yes, my w- wife is joining us since these movies are so pervy. We mm-hmm. thought we should have a well, female voice. What a great voice. date night. Yeah. 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 Nice totally. yeah. 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 It's fun for the whole family. Especially with the Did kids you feel- here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like an audience back in 1980 watching this uh these beautiful films no <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the movie itself uh shameless plugs i forgot to do them last time don't forget we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts you find us while you're there be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode of course check us out on facebook facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there like the page join the group which is called the League of Show Sharers, and you can also become a League of Show Share member by sharing an episode. People who were kind enough to share an episode this week, Ryan Terry, Bianca Garner, Ronnie Castle, Matt Neglia, Lane Levanway, Jeff Michael, Carl Clarkson, Gabriel Lugo, Chris Valls, Chris Sanders, Travis Tewitt, Tammy Sherman Powers, Chris Williams, Heather Sachs, Ralph Tribble, Julianne Jordan, Brent Smith, and Chris Magic Man. So thank you very much for supporting the show. And another way you can support the show, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. We're for five bucks a month. You get all sorts of bonus content and you help out and we appreciate that. So there's all that. Let's uh let's dig in to Return to the Blue Lagoon. So we talked a little bit on the last episode about how the Blue Lagoon, the original is our first misbegotten original movie in our series of misbegotten sequels. Yeah, it was pretty pretty rough. Technically, if you go critically, and although it isn't there aren't as many reviews of it, technically this sequel is still misbegotten. The original Blue Lagoon had what? Like a 9% on Rotten it Tomatoes. It had a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. This uh, Return to the Blue Lagoon would qualify 
for the zero percent project <laughs> because it only has thirty reviews. So right. clearly, it didn't. It wasn't seen as widely. Um, it has a zero percent compared to a nine. I will say right now that is complete BS. This movie is so much better than the first one. And I think the problem you run into is that it's still not good, but I do think it's better than the first one. But but yeah, re- comparatively, yeah, there, there's no way. I mean, we'll get into it more, but talk about the leads, the chemistry, the acting, the plot of the movie. There, there is, is one. so yeah, there is so <laughs> yeah. much more to enjoy. I mean, I watched this movie all the way through. Was fine. I mean, I was captivated by it just fine. I mean, it didn't lose my attention yeah. after, especially watching that first one. But that first one was slow and it was creepy and it was just. It was all spectacle or what they tried to present as spectacle, at least for the ocean stuff and then whatever they were trying to get you to look at the other rest of the time. But there was nothing to the movie. I thought they made so many interesting choices and uh, different choices and went a different direction, which actually made the characters more interesting and developed. The plot was more interesting. So, I, I mean, this movie's way better. Yeah, and I know this movie is technically classified as a sequel, but it's really more of a remake. Yeah. Um, it's only... I mean, the connective tissue is pretty tenuous. Um, I mean, I know behind the screens, behind the screen, there's a lot of uh, people from the first one that that return to to make it. But uh, but from a storyline standpoint, it's basically just a pretty simple, lazy plot device to put two people back on the island and call it a sequel. But it's it it follows all the same beats, even though it's there's more story. To it's it. it's done less creepily. Yeah, yeah. And if there wasn't that connective tissue, this is basically Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I think that's think fair. About it. Yeah, totally. Evil Dead Two is not a sequel; it's a remake. It's called Evil Dead Two, I guess, so you know it's another Evil Dead movie, right? But Sam Raimi didn't have the money to do what he wanted to do with the first one. And even though the first Evil Dead's great, Evil Dead Two is the movie he wanted to make. So that's why you get Ash comes back to the cabin. It's not like any of them remember what happened before. There's different characters. It's a remake. Right. This is a way to tell the same. story story but to do it better which i agree with i mean not that i read that but i'm seeing it as you're telling the story of two young people coming through maturity on their own on a tropical beautiful island and they tell the story much better but ironically you know with evil dead 2 he's got more money they don't this has a three million dollar budget which is less money 11 years later than they had for the original i'm sorry it had an i'm sorry i'm looking at the box office (laughs) it had a three million dollar box office but it had an 11 million dollar budget although adjusted for inflation i don't know that that's probably radically more but what does that say about society because it was less pervy less people went to go see it i I think that's exactly it i think it wasn't they didn't have it didn't have the stigma around it that people had to go see it which is what i was saying about the first one when Ah. i was like that when you were like oh if they'd have made it a a less pervy more kid more younger people could have gotten in they did and i was like but they wouldn't have gone like and here's one it's still rated r and there's some nudity no i thought this was pg-13 is this pg-13 this is pg-13 this is that's what i'm saying you were right this is exactly what you said about the first one oh i didn't realize pg-13 version of the first movie essentially it's like basically a soft reboot it's the same story but told better but two people on an island growing up whatever and it's pg-13 so anyone could buy tickets to it uh you know the parental guidance whatever suggested whatever so anyone can get the tickets uh and it's essentially the same idea of beautiful people same island at least for part of it but audiences weren't 
digging it you know they didn't turn up and i will also say you know it's 11 years later like it's not like this is a franchise people were clamoring for um you know i did not realize that this was pg-13 i guess because it it's you know it does have nudity in it there i mean i know you can technically do nudity in a pg-13 movie but i also feel like it's been so long since i've seen any that i i just kind of forgot because you know and and it really is still creepy because what she she's fifteen in this movie, mm-hmm. right? And it's not a body double. I mean, that's her. Yeah. But you're also you also don't have nearly the amount of nudity that you did in the first one to necessitate. Absolutely, but you're still seeing a fifteen year old naked. But but uh, um, but yeah, not near to the the um the frequency of nudity in this one is is far less i think the thing that really sets it apart and while still on paper i know that doesn't sound good and it's not something that i'm defending or anything like that but this movie handles the nudity as far as them being kids that are that don't know anything and they're stuck on an island and they would have to craft their own clothes this handles it so much more tastefully she has a top on almost the entire movie yeah yeah which I is what agree. I was saying about the first one. You didn't have to have her naked. It's a movie. I get that they're kids on an island, whatever. So you make it in your movie because you're writing the script that she makes a shirt. I mean, it's not that hard. She does it here and it works fine. I agree. I yeah. definitely agree with that. I felt like they did a lot of scenes that that could have been pervy better. Like a, yes. a lot. They, they did that throughout the movie. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Because the story is still about two teenagers maturing without an adult component and I know this movie again that's one of the changes I think is better and more interesting but for the most part them going through puberty and adolescence without any uh, influence from an adult or the outside world so I still think that's the story they want to tell and therefore you do have to have younger people involved at least to be believable but in telling that story the way that they covered her up with a top almost the entire movie made it so much better better to watch well interestingly they started with older characters so i don't know if we want to start at the beginning and tell the, yeah, the story sure. yeah let's yeah so it it opens with the closing scene of the first one Ish. Uh, did they change anything oh my god they changed so much <laughs> i i was so irritated and confused about this yeah so uh it, interestingly enough the 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 guy who says no they're asleep that's the same actor they bring him back like which is odd so he was there so he yeah so, <laughs> i mean it's just like there's they it's just a weird thing that they kept but yeah that they they bring him back and uh except this time they're like oh nope they're dead okay but wait but wait first of all there is some woman on the boat that was never on the boat in right. the, fir- the end of the first scene yeah second of oh, all yeah. second of all the the boat ends up the the people and she has a little girl, which, again, mm-hmm. did not exist at the end of the first right. movie. And this kid that just got rescued from this goddamn island is going right back. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, that is the worst story well, ever. Yeah. If you've ever seen Lost. Well, I don't hated que- Lost. Don't, don't question people going back to an island that almost killed them. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, like, so this is, like, really lame awful lazy retconning right like like if you see that's not fair because in the second book they do the same thing yes and the second follows the book oh the 
the the book does the same thing though. Like I I thought I thought I read that the first book ends with the first book ends with them saying they're sleeping, but the but the second book picks up and and does the exact same thing and goes the first line of the sequel in the book is no they're dead. Yeah, so oh yeah, that's I just mean that it's not the movie like they're following what the book does. I think the first book in the movie was l- leaving you hopeful because they didn't want to. Yeah. The, the only reason they did that is they so that you're not you bummed out after seeing yeah. this movie. But to have a storyline, then the second book does the same thing. So they're really picking up the same way. And so I just mean I don't want to be like, yeah, this movie's stupid because they did it. It's like, well, that's no, that's same. where I was going. Is yeah. that the the book did the same lazy, stupid thing, yeah. and and that he didn't want to continue that story, but he wanted to continue a story. So he's just like, no, they're dead. And, but from there, this bears like no resemblance mm-hmm. to the to the book at all like that's what i read and why it's pretty much just a remake of the first one because the book is he he was more interested the author was more uh interested in exploring the idea of like what was going on with like the 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 indigenous people of the south pacific islands and so he was using that story as kind of an entry point and and it it isn't the same like you know "Quote unquote romantic tale of natural love." <laughs> gotcha. So, but the, but the book does the same lazy thing of just completely ignoring what came before it. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think in the book and the movie wanted a happy ending. They didn't want the reader or the viewer to be bummed out. And then they said, "We want to make another book slash movie." So. You know, we're gonna now tell the story we wanted to tell, but instead of if they would have ended the first one like that, you wouldn't say it's lazy. You'd be like, well, that's how it ended. It's only because they did that happy ending, right? That they there was the story they wanted to tell didn't involve the first two, right? And and now I think a really really interesting story would have been the fish out of water. Would have been they grew up on this island. Yeah, let's bring them to civilization and follow the same Richard and Emmeline story in in uh, San Francisco or London or wherever you want to take them in society. And then, you know, you would have gotten some tropes. I mean, we've seen it a bunch of times, but I still would have liked to have seen it from, I mean, that's Tarzan essentially, right? Yeah, it's definitely Tarzan. You know, but, but that would have been a more interesting story. Um, But to give them credit, they do change a lot of things. Like as opposed to just making a straight remake of the first one, they go and they change a ton of stuff. So, the woman that crystal alluded to. So there's a woman on the boat, uh, with her daughter. And so the way that they get them back to the Island is, you know, they rescue the kid. The parents are dead. And the reason Tom sent me an accidental LOL through messenger. And I'm like, what are you LOLing? And he's like, Oh, that was a mistake, whatever. And then I'm like, Oh, I just LOL at the beginning of this movie because I, I seriously, when they retconned it like that. Yeah. <laughs> like they were rescued. Oh no, they're sleeping in the beginning of the movie. He's like, Nope, they're dead. And then you see them in body bags pushed off into the right. ocean with their kids like, watching. Yeah. Or the we, kid. Just, yeah. we just watched this entire movie and got to know these characters and they're rescued at the end. And they're like, Nope. <laughs> and I just thought the way they disposed of them was like laughable. But anyway, once you get from there, you've got this woman and her daughter. And then of course, little Patty they've rescued, but because they don't know Patty, they call him Richard in this movie. Um, they, they, the, people start getting sick on this boat. And so even though they were just, or he was just rescued, now he's on this boat where everyone's getting sick and it ends up that they have cholera. So the captain sends this woman and her daughter. And now she's adopted Richard basically and sends her, 
off to the island so that they all don't get sick and die with the hope that they will be rescued shortly thereafter. Yeah, the logic is like, well, that boat came from somewhere, so if we if we push it out to sea, maybe it'll go back to this island. Like, I mean, I guess it's better than dying of cholera. I guess, right? Yeah, like, like you have a, a chance if you right. get to work, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's how they get him back on the island. But the major, the major difference you have here is you have a loving, caring, educated adult with the kids. And so I thought that was a really interesting point because it, I wouldn't even say like Pat, like Patty, the the you know Patty the elder. Uh, he in his own way he was loving and caring. He just wasn't very capable. Where she is definitely a more capable parent well and she lasts a lot longer and she lasts a lot yeah. longer yeah he took care of him oh yeah know, to give him credit he did and i think it was my preconceived notions where i was cre- creeped out and like god please don't let patty be a creeper right and right. So, right and he was very abrasive he had nudie pictures and then he was going to spank them for fun you know i'm mean, like he was he was a rough individual right and he didn't seem very caring and i was worried for them but he did keep them alive until he passed away um but no the 20 minutes later yeah, yeah, exactly. So the big difference, though, is that she's with them and raises them and she educates them and teaches them how to be civilized to an extent to where even though they didn't have the tools, they made them. They crafted spoons and they yeah. had a dinner table and ate civilized and she educated them. They spoke so eloquently, like when later on, jumping ahead just for a second, when when they are found and discovered by people they think they're natives and then they speak very well and they're surprised by, and they're shocked by how well they know how to interact. And so I really liked the idea that now you have these two people stranded, but they are educated and even about their bodies. Like they ask about why they're different. You know, why does, what are the character names in in this one? It's Richard and then, Oh, Lily. Okay. Lily Lily instead of Emmeline. Okay. So they're asking questions like kids would do. They're curious. Like, why does Richard have that between his legs? And why does she have this? And it's, Oh, it's like her seat seashell or conch or whatever they (laughs) it sounds weird but you know what i mean from a kid's perspective they're trying to come up with nicknames and way to describe it and she's uncomfortable because she's very religious and proper and so she doesn't quite know how to handle that talk but they have it and they have it in ways that the kids understand and and they there's nice moments where like the kids are like oh that's okay so that's what i've been waiting to hear all day oh it's it's simple like that's what it is and um i really like those moments because you have their curiosity but it also is nurtured by this educated adult that can teach them and take care of them and so you have this whole different upbringing by these kids and and it just creates a different dynamic there I think it also made it a lot less creepy because you had you, because in the in the first movie they're not explaining there's not like a narrator no one's explaining what these people are thinking right mm. and so as 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 humans we end up making our own assumptions about why they they make the choices they make whereas mm. essentially this this woman that got created not only did all those things that you just said but she also was a narrator Mm-hmm. She furthered the story by explaining these things to them. So we didn't, as viewers, we didn't have to wonder what they knew, what they didn't know. Yeah. It was explained to us that that she had told them these things, and yes. so we knew what they knew and what they didn't know. And so I think I think that was a lot more comfortable as a mom to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right. That's I mean exposition through their education, which is not lazy because they had to be taught like it it was the perfect way to get across like you said all that information and we were able to see their education unfold and so i thought it was interesting where you still have them 
going through puberty and, and having feelings for one another and all that. But it also is in a way that they understand things differently and they, um, they're not making it all for themselves. So it's a different story to be told. I'm not saying the first isn't interesting because I think we all agreed that's the most interesting thing about the first. And I wish they told more of it rather than the gazing nature of the first, (laughs) Uh, but this is a different story. And so it would have felt boring and like a retread if it was just like, Oh, these two kids. And then they go, Oh, I don't know why I have this funny feeling. And Oh, you're a girl and I'm a boy. Like they didn't have to, they, these ones were educated, right? They had some, some knowledge base and Mm -hmm. they also were a little bit more, uh, uh, indoctrinated into Western culture, so they mm-hmm. like they you know they still celebrated Easter. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so like it also made more sense that they they weren't as uh, compl- they weren't they weren't as much of a blank slate as the characters in the first film were. Yeah, and I think these two leads are so charismatic. Like they they are their chemistry is way way better than the original two. Did you did you recognize the guy? I did. Okay, I did too. He's, but Tom didn't know who he Charmed. was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I never watched Charmed. Like as soon as yeah. I saw his name, I was like, oh my gosh! And actually, you know, we met him when we were at Comic Con. Yeah. You probably did too, Kevin. And, I, well, I interviewed him about. I thought this you movie. did. I thought you did. I had never seen either of these movies, and I'm going into the both these blank and having seen the first one especially relative to that one. It's like, these two are so charismatic. I thought their chemistry was believable. Like when they're having fun together on the Island, when they're sliding down and doing all this stuff, like I really felt the chemistry between them. Mila Jovovich is so charismatic. And I think her acting is a hundred times better. I'm not trying to knock Brooke Shields. It is what it is. I think as an actor, she's so much better. And I thought Brian Krause did a really good job too uh, as a naive character who's whiny and complaining because, you know, he's, he's still trying to figure himself out too. Um, I I thought it was leaps and bounds better performance wise. Yeah. I mean, it's still not great, but it's def. I, I definitely thought this was better than the first movie. We both, when it was over, were like, oh, that was at least watchable. Yeah. Like the first one I was cringing the whole time. And this one I was like, I actually enjoyed. I mean, I wouldn't say like, oh, this was a great movie. Like that, those words would never be. But it was entertaining, right? It was. It was. This movie set out to entertain and did it where you could watch it and be like, okay, that was a nice story. There were fun, there were nice moments and there were interesting moments and there was some suspense and all that stuff. And okay, I just watched a movie. I was entertained. That first one, is like a, a trek to get through. You're like, it's a gotta, tr- and it's a train wreck of a movie just because it is. it's so it's skeevy. I think it's really unfortunate that this movie was critically bashed by, even though it was by less critics, but the 30 critics who saw it and gave it that rotten rating. And also, I just want to say, for people that don't understand Rotten Tomatoes now, we should put a disclaimer out here. Rotten Tomatoes is not really a great way to review movies, okay? If you if you're wondering, okay, is this movie worth checking out? Should I spend 10 bucks on it or 6 bucks to see it at the theater? Whatever your reasoning is there, and you go to Rotten Tomatoes and it has a zero, then maybe you go, "Okay, I'll wait till home video or I'll wait till it's streaming on Netflix," right? If you're looking at it from a critical perspective or like, "Is it worth my time even for free or whatever?" A pass-fail system isn't really fair because right. Rotten Tomatoes says it's either 100% or 0%. It's either good or bad. So a movie that gets a 5.9 or a 5.8 on Rotten Tomatoes is a zero in their mind. So it's really not fair to call a movie a zero because it's not a zero out of 10. It means it's a zero in the past fail. Does that make sense? It means every every critic gave it a negative review, but there's a difference between every critic giving a movie a a C minus and every critic giving a movie an F. 
precisely. Yeah. There's so, a, there are we when we've stumbled into this with some of our zero percent movies that that we're like, well, that really what we've seen movies that we think are way way worse, but it's just and we've uh, seen movies we liked. Like some of right. us have come out of this like I really enjoyed that movie that got zero percent. Yeah. Um, so I just want to be clear that not everyone maybe understands that because they're not critics and they're not looking at things like that. And and a lot of people just go, oh, Rotten Tomatoes zero, it must be unwatchable. But that's not really the case. Yeah, like, I think if you're looking for a true gauge of a film from a collective consciousness standpoint, Metacritic is probably Metacritic, yes, because that's better. out of a hundred. So instead right. of going pass fail. If it gets a, a two out of four, it gets a fifty out of a hundred. Right. Um, I think what's telling, just when I jump to Rotten Tomatoes out of these thirty negative reviews, uh, the third one going top to bottom, for example, because they don't all have ratings. This one says, "Return to the Blue Lagoon is neither campy enough to be howlingly funny or prurient enough. Prurient enough. Prurient. Yeah. Prurient. Like pervy. Okay. <laughs> to be provocative so that's a negative review she says that and then it's a two out of four that's a i mean right not a zero it's a two, two out of four. yeah two yeah. out of four isn't an f i mean i guess it is it's a 50 percent. but, but for, on a film scale like it's not an f it's, it's a c yeah. on a film right. scale yeah. film scale is you know c is a 70 percent in grades is a c but in a film a two out of four would be the equivalent of a c because right. if you just jump to you know c F, I mean, there's zero, an F can be a one and an F can be a six right. on that scale. So anyway, I know that's a lot, but hopefully people made sense of what I just said. So this movie is not a zero by any means. And yeah. I think it's unfair that it got a zero percent even compared to that nine because it is a better movie. Uh, they may not have had the award winning cinematographer. It may not have been as artistic, but the story, the acting, uh, the 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 uh the script there's a lot of things that are better yeah uh, as a film in this movie so getting back to the story um yeah so the uh the the surrogate mother eventually dies she gets sick did they explain what she was sick with pneumonia no. i think uh, it went into her lungs it goes into, she says it goes into her lungs so i assume okay. that was pneumonia of some sort gotcha so and then so then i guess the kids dig her grave that's fun right like that's oh. <laughs> you know, she's she's a religious woman, and she's. I guess she says, "I want a, a, a cross on there, and I want it to read that I was." You know, and it's a nice moment. She's like Sarah, mother of Lily, and she's like, "I would also like it to say, mother, even though I'm not your real mother, I would like it to say, mother of Richard." As a stepmom, that really got me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I <laughs> was like, yeah, like I get that. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like the first movie had nothing like that. Yeah, and you're talking about in the first 20 minutes of the movie, you had an emotional beat where she's like, "I know I'm not your real mother, but." I feel like I'm your mother. That's a yeah, the, nice. The first movie has so much tragedy in it, and it's all just a plot device to get them to an island. To get, like it's to get them it, naked. There's yeah, no, there's no naked, emotion yeah. behind None. any of it yeah. in the first movie. All and tragedy, no emotion. Yeah, that's why I say the writing is so much better in this. The acting is so much better because you didn't even get one moment in the entire first movie that was what this does in the first 10 20 minutes so uh, i definitely agree with that yeah so i'm glad i'm glad we're on the same page because i'm watching this like man this is not that bad of a movie so uh they're 10 and 12 years old when they have to bury her so as opposed to the kids being on the island younger with patty and having and, and not having the education they had quite a bit of knowledge so that's why they oh and we should say that before she died uh, towards the beginning like they take shelter in a big storm and their makeshift uh you know banana leaf shelter they make or whatever gets toppled over and so they move further inland because they realize that the the 
ocean's going to wash away their shelter and all that stuff. And they actually find the tree house that they built in the first movie. So you have that really nice house for them to live in. Uh, so they end up taking that over and they crash. But that was spoon. another emotional moment. I just want to point that out yeah. because because Richard recognizes it and he goes looking for his mother. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is because he knows he's the only one that's been there and he understands it. Yeah, good call. So they end up growing up in this house. But like Tom mentioned, they know Easter and they know Christmas. They have these makeshift holidays. Uh, the the mom had crafted and taught them about spoons and etiquette and, and all the table manners and all these things. So they're living a very different life than Richard, the original Richard and Emmeline lived in the first one. And so it's it's an, it's an interesting story, uh, more interesting a story already. Uh, six years later, we move forward. That would put them at 18 and 16. So... Um, you know, already not as creepy. I know that uh, Mila Jovovich at the beginning of filming was 15. Uh, I don't know how close she was, but at least the characters are supposed to be 18 and 16. And uh, they are just going through kind of the similar stuff with, with maturity. Um, he's feeling attracted towards her. Uh, she's noticing her body's changing. And that's where you really get the... This is really the only one... I don't know if you'd call it gratuitous because I still think it's handled more artfully than anything in the first one. It's not gratuitous, but she is topless where she's like in the mirror looking at her body, trying to measure, you know, how her body is changing. Um, And I don't know what version you guys watched or whatever, but I mean, it's like cropped off pretty much at the nipple, like as far as her being. Yeah. Like it's it's more of a side boob thing. Yeah. So then full on to like full on topless. So like, yeah. This is the most graphic thing. Is there another version? No, no. I well, they. Uh, I read that on VHS, you it goes down further. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had what was on Vudu. So yeah, and that makes it creepier. Yeah, I'm not saying any, any of us watched it on VHS. I just didn't know if like if you had a DVD and it was different or whatever. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. But um, that makes it less creepy too because even though this scene that's filmed more artfully, and again, I'm not trying to like defend any of the stuff on paper or whatever, but it's handled more artfully, and then they even recognize they're like, yeah it shouldn't show any of her nipple like from the VHS like we're going to crop that off for DVD and digital but you still get it later is it yeah there's a scene where she's in the in the lagoon by the waterfall and you see and you she has her top off and then there's an another... is it like really but is it like no graphic, it's or is it like I mean they're out there I don't know what it, okay. it's it's not like it's a sex scene graphic right but it's it's so it's very similar to the first one in that like there's nakedness, but right. it wasn't sexual nakedness. So okay. that's what you mean by graphic. yeah. And then and then there's another scene later where she's wearing a white top and it's sheer. Once it gets wet, okay. leaves little to the imagination. But so but there overall, is but overall, but there's the a lot less nudity. There is some nudity that, which is why I was surprised it was a PG-13. But right. um, but but significantly, it's a lot. It's much. It's not near as lurid as the first one. You don't feel like you just broke the law right right and i mean i would say 90 percent of the movie or maybe 95 percent of the movie she has a top on oh yeah Absolutely. totally yeah which like, is the it, difference with brooke shields yeah. they they she had a long wig on and they glued it to her chest right but that's the only covering and it's not like it's not like there wasn't any side boob or anything like you know they're just covering her nipples with the hair right. so the whole movie you're having to like if you're watching this movie you're being forced to look at her like that and so right. this movie yeah. Mila Jovovich has like a, a, a space like a sports bra is what she's crafted right like it's like a, bikini it's a, a what, what women would say is a bandeau like it's a, a tube top yeah okay so it's yeah it's like crossed over her 
from her, around her neck to the top. So I just found the movie a lot easier to watch because you're not distracted by, you're not in your mind. You're not having to think this is gross. Why are they doing this? You could pay attention to the story and the characters and you could still tell the story of adolescence without, you know, feeling like they were just like, yeah, pervs come and look at this nudity. Right. Because that clearly was the intention of the first one. Absolutely. So anyway, they're, they're doing their own thing. Um, Richard, again, like I was saying, is getting these feelings for, for Lily and he's, he's getting frustrated because she's not feeling the same way. Now they did set it up in the beginning where in this, as opposed to like Brooke Shields in the first one, getting her period when she's bathing and then being freaked out and not knowing exactly what it is. And this one, the mother had educated her in, in, in that whole sex talk. So she said, basically you can't have a baby. Like, you know, as a little girl, she's like, I want a baby now. And the mother's like, no, you can't because you're not a woman yet. And, and then they get into the bleeding and all that. So at first she's like a little freaked out. And then she realizes, like I read it in her mind from her facial expression. She's like, Oh, I'm a woman and I can have a baby now. Yes. Is that how you took it? Like she was That's exactly how I took it. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted a baby since she was a little girl and she remembers her mom saying, no, when you're a woman, you can have a baby. So she's been pushing off uh, Richard's advances and she's not feeling that way and confused by everything. And then this is where she starts to change her pace because she has been taught that once you have a your period and then you become a woman that the man and woman lie together and again that very uh innocent way they described it was it the iguanas or what what animal did they yeah because he was talking about when you see the iguanas and you can't tell where one begins and yeah. The other. yeah yeah so i like that they had that you saw the child's perspective and again how she was scared to talk about it and they're like oh well no big deal we've seen that with the iguanas right right, right. yeah <laughs> so she changed which i tune. think it was a nice comment that a lot of times it's like those things are awkward because we make them awkward and these kids yes. not knowing any better where it's like, oh yeah, that happens. I know. What yeah, you're about. exactly. Yeah. So again, the writing much better. So, but before they get into it, uh, you know, Richard's feeling very frustrated because he doesn't know what to do with all these pent up feelings that he has. And she's pushing him away and not saying that's any fault of her own, but he is frustrated. He's when she's checking herself out for how her body's changing. He's like peering through the, yeah. the wall, which is, definitely like a creepy locker room <laughs> type you know but again i'm not it's hard to say like i know that it's not acceptable and i'm not condoning it but also when you're two He's, teens on an island with no with no ad, adult Excellent. ecosystem to to kind have, of explain to you that's not cool you know exactly I mean? yeah it's not it's not played for creeps it's not acceptable by modern standards or if an adult was around to tell you not to do that right but in this movie you didn't go oh this movie's gross because he did that it's like he's a teen not knowing and, and, and even says he's like we used to be naked together all the time they used to bathe together he used to look at her all the time well there's and, a scene where they decide to push their beds apart you know? yeah. yeah yeah and she says it's different now he's like why and she's like it just is so it's all explained, right? They're yeah. they're they're going through this adolescence, but they're doing it in a more educated manner, and they're communicating, and so they're learning and talking, and we're getting more explanation. So it's handled way better. Um, and then flash forward to the next morning or another nearby morning, he wakes up 
with morning wood <laughs> and she's like hey come on get up you have to help I me actually turn- that was that was the one time i laughed during both movies yeah like, it was like because she's not, like what it, what happened to it <laughs> it was the first it was the first time we laughed with the movie not at it yes yeah. exactly right but it, it, you know and it's one of those playful moments where it's like yeah I they, like when he's like i can make it go away when yeah. I want. <laughs> he's was- like it's like that all the time now yeah. I, like- <laughs> I mean come on that's because again like tom said it's the same as having those conversations with kids this movie is just tackling real life subject matter this is stuff that happens and they're innocent and don't know about this part of life and they're just figuring it out so this is where because it's not done in a creepy way you can laugh with it and you can relax and be like okay that's funny and they're naive and all that stuff so anyway so he he's frustrated still and is like no you know leave me alone he wraps the bedspread around him and i guess what because the sun had moved why did she want to turn the bed what was the reason for that i think i think that was around the time that she had she had become a woman and mm. so she was like i think we should move the beds apart you know like it was just clear to both of them at that point that they had yeah. both changed yeah and but they, the bed like, was already at the other side of the room and he just like instead of turning the bed he put her pillow on the other side i couldn't it seemed like she wanted to flip the bed I don't know. She she said it. And oh, then, she may uh, want to look away from him or something. Like maybe more privacy or something. They, yeah, they were. She was looking for privacy. To the, that's that's the end result. So she wanted him to move the bed more, and he basically like moved it by flipping the pillow to the other end of the bed. Like, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, like how a kid would clean his room by sweeping things under the bed. Like he yeah, yeah. moved <laughs> flipped the bed by moving the pillow. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, so there's that little awkward thing. So they're already getting all. They're having this tiff, just kind of like in the first one. How they don't really know what's going on with their feelings, and they're getting all frustrated. Um, he then goes off. I has he raced the shark yet at this point? I can't remember if that's before or after. Either way, at one point you see him check off shark where he's racing a shark and he's basically doesn't know what to do with all his raising raging hormones and his testosterone and so he decides to go race a shark and he's like i'm the master of the island or whatever which comes back into play later um but he gets frustrated at her at this point and he ends up going to the other side of the island and this is when he sees the ritual and i think this is where we actually see the the person killed right in this movie is where we see the cannibals actually like in a ritual where they put the guy down and they take a stick or whatever at his head and like bash him with it. Yeah. So, and you don't see it. It's just like a splash of blood. So you right. kind of just, but was like, that this one? I thought it was the last one. I thought one. it was the last one too. But I, I thought he sees it in this one. I because I remember it. thinking that the guy that they sacrificed, they put in, they put white paint on him. Like they were sacrificing okay. oh, a white right. person. Also, well, maybe not. Then maybe he just covers himself with mud and sees the guys. I, I can't remember that you yeah. guys, I'll take your word for it. Seriously. I just thought, but you see more of them either way, because in this one, at least um, he sees them like he's going off to the other side of the Island. And all of a sudden he hears the drums or the chants or whatnot. And so he ends up once again, covering himself in mud, but it's not to blend in. It's to like lay on the ground and blend in with the mud. You know what I mean? Like not blend in as a person, but he wants to blend in with his surroundings and they go camouflage. Yeah. Yeah, it camouflage exactly. And so they go marching past him and then he stumbles upon the the doesn't he stumble upon the head, the god figure thing and that's where the, he sees yeah. the the guy that lets that he lets live, right? Cuz like Yeah, like he runs into a a a guy from the island and they both kind of like give each other the nod. So you've already got more interaction 
than the entire last movie because we heard them in the other movie and saw them maybe through some trees in the first one. And this one, we see the natives go past him and then we see another interaction and they actually like talk or communicate at least verbally to each other. Uh, and so the way Richard sees it, like he brought a spear with him and he was going to like hold it up and like defend himself. And the native just looks at him and smiles and runs away. And Richard <laughs> says, Oh, I let him live. So it's okay. <laughs> like that's how he sees it later when he talks to Lily. Yeah. She's like, Oh, he's going to find us or whatever. And he's like, no, I let him live. So we're good because they, you know. they still like drastically underutilize it. It's just like, why is this even in the movie? But it, it does get a little bit more treatment than the first one. But well, I guess but, because it's like, at least you knew from the first one that they existed. And if they just didn't show them at all, at least, you know, at least there was some kind of interaction and display. totally. They, they had to acknowledge that there were, other people on this island to some degree because we know it's there from the first movie. If but you just had like three people in this movie, it would feel cheap because you would go, yeah. wait a minute, there's no one on this island. We know they're on the island and we don't see them. So I think they they were forced to address them and at least they utilized them a little bit better. Like you said. Yeah, not much, uh, but a little bit. <laughs> right. So now he comes back and, and they finally hook up. So they just she's you know, she's more into him. Like, I think I think she's scared, like like that he went to the other side and thought he could be killed by them. And she realizes that, you know, she loves him or whatever. Her feelings change and he's okay with that. And they hook up. And apparently from what we learn later on in the movie, they do it and do it and do it. It's yeah. like we make all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, they're teenagers and there's no one there to tell them no. So right. like it's dead. And that, there's that, nothing to do. Right. Right. Which yeah. I think is another clever line when he says, we're never bored. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I know there's other things to do, but they're alluding to the fact that they are like, totally we, yeah. we made all the time. That's a clever line. So anyway, they're they're doing that and they're now they have new activities and things to do. Uh, and so several months pass. And this is when a ship arrives and you get these uh, you get this captain with his daughter and then a couple of. A couple of patties. We'll call them patties because, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're worse than him. I mean, again, two patties credit. He didn't, we didn't see him do anything. He was just kind of skeevy, like dirty old man in the first one. Yeah. Um, but he's got a couple of sailors that are nefarious characters. You can tell they're up to no good. And it brought back those feelings of when I was worried about Patty. Now with these guys, right. I'm like, this is not going to be good. Um, so they welcome them. And this is that scene I talked about earlier, which I really liked because as opposed to them stumbling upon two kids that didn't have any proper upbringing or education, uh, Lily talks to Richard. She's like, now remember what, what mom's, what mother said, greet them with a firm handshake. And so the captain is doing that thing where he's like, you know, hello, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, you know, hello, we come in peace or whatever. You know, he's like trying yeah. to talk to him <laughs> like that. And he's like, hello, how do you do? I'm Richard and shakes his hand. And well, <laughs> I think it's funny. He's like, you know, stay back because we don't know if they're civilized. Right. And then and then Richard comes out and spells civilized to show how civilized he is. <laughs> but but I can't tell if the movie meant this is a joke or if they it did. was he a spells mistake. It a little wrong. Yeah, he spells it wrong <laughs> just at the end. But I like that, though, because yeah. they are civilized to a degree. They are civilized as much yeah. as 10 and 12 year old kids can be educated by a surrogate mother on gilligan's island you know what i mean like yeah they're educated and civilized to a point so i like it yeah he's like we don't know if they're civilized and he's like c-i-v-i-l-e-z-e-d whatever you know because it, she <laughs> he leaves off the e right? yeah in, it's a really in, nice moment e, to show the like ED part yeah okay they can spell they speak proper english they're not 
the brightest, but not the most educated, but they're, we get it right. Um, so that was another nice moment that kept the script more entertaining. Uh, and from here it's basically like they're, they're like, we're ready to come home. And these people are like, they're like our water supply is, is, uh, turned bad or spoiled. And so we need to get fresh water. Will you let us on your Island? They're like, yeah, all are welcome here. We're ready to go home. And the captain's like, Oh, okay uh but you know they agree they're gonna take them with them uh but they take a few days to get their stuff together get water and everything but meanwhile the main conflict comes which again there wasn't much conflict in the first one which is why it was not interesting this conflict comes that the daughter who is very fancy and sophisticated but a douche right like she's she's (laughs) trying to steal richard away I she, hated that bitch. Right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, she's the female <laughs> equivalent not happy. of a douche. Was, like she like, is. You get out of there. <laughs> right. So she is like she acts all proper and everything, but she's like, "Oh, I'm going to teach you guys how to dance," and then pulls Richard to her and does yeah. what they for the time were provocative dances. Um, it was the Victorian equivalent of twerking. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was. So the whole conflict just comes into that she's trying to, and it's not even like alluding to. She literally is trying to hook up with Richard when Lily's not around. So Lily, yeah. Lily at first is doesn't she doesn't know how to be jealous. She doesn't even know she should be jealous. So I like that that her naivete shows that she's friendly and she's welcoming to all and she's not even thinking she doesn't have a care in the world. Uh the daughter of the captain says, "Is this your brother?" and she's like, "Oh no, we're he's my husband. We were married on the island." And so she's very um just naive about everything, but when the dancing comes and and the daughter starts getting closer. She realizes that her intentions are bad and she gets very jealous. And it, that doesn't need to be learned. <laughs> Women connect the dots on that real quick. I, I like, <laughs> I remember saying to the character, I said it out loud. I was like, yeah, you, you know that funny feeling you got? Yeah. You go yeah. with that instinct. <laughs> totally. but, but I like, but you know, but to her credit and again, Mila Jovovich is so charismatic and I think she's so good in this role. Like she's really, really likable. And, you know you would be naive when you grow up on the island with only you and your you know her now husband but you and your other guy and you're taught you know for a very small amount of time by an adult but she hardly got into their birds and the bees talk she didn't say like right watch out for women women trying to steal your man right <laughs> right she doesn't know she's she lives with one other person and they are now mating and together and they're married by their standards and you wouldn't even think like She's, she sees the good in everybody, and that's what I like. She is innocent. That's the right word. She's innocent. She's not just naive. She's yeah. innocent. And I like that about her until it becomes obvious that the daughter, the captain's daughter's intentions are bad. So anyway, uh, they get them separated. So the daughter is out fishing. She says, oh, Richard's going to teach me to fish. So she gets them isolated, and she says, oh, if we kind of duck down under deck in this boat, we can kiss, and no one can see us. And uh Lily is bathing and this is the scene I think you're talking about where she's bathing in their you know the the lagoon the beautiful waterfall yeah. lagoon here and the one of the creeper uh <laughs> first men or whatever of the captain's ship is watching her and this is where it gets real skeezy and uh yeah. she sees him and she's like what are you doing and she tries to cover up and I mean it it's scary for that character you yeah I mean he's going to rape her if if she doesn't get away basically oh yeah um so it's a well pretty- i like it was weird the way they played it like he's definitely like skeeving out on her but he also wants that pearl he does and i think that's the only way for the movie to save 
like from it from being too indecent because right. I think the movie may have gotten an R rating if it went into that territory. Yeah. But I think the character's intentions were clearly that he was you know what I mean? I think you right. can read into it. That he, yeah, I mean, I was definitely... He's like, reading. no one can hear you, right? She's not yeah. screaming like, no one can hear you when I steal your pearl. Well, if it's a euphemism, maybe. Well, I but, know, right? Yeah, I was thinking not, that too, yeah. But but, but it's, it, you know, she screams and he's like, Richard! You know, he, he makes fun of her, which is terrifying that you have this adult male. Yeah, it definitely plays like he's he's rapey, but then it then it shifts into this, like, he wants like, she has this pearl that Richard had gotten for her, yeah. and, I, he, and I he wants think, the pearl. But I think it's I trying to have it both PG-13 rating, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Crystal? I mean, I, it read I totally, complete. I agree that, I mean, as being a woman, it was absolutely a rape scene. Like, right. Bra- yeah, you know, like terrifying. on the border of it, and I think, I think you guys are both right that it's like, they wanted to, they wanted to tell that story as far as they could without losing the rating. Like, right. that's, exactly. they were headed down so, that path. So they change it to, oh, where's that pearl? Because the Oh, I meant to mention that earlier, but when they do, when, when uh, she finds more Easter eggs than him, he lets her win so that he can give her a gift that they promised the winner would get a gift. And he dives down and gives her this pearl, which is basically like an engagement ring kind of a thing. Uh, it plays like that. And so he gives her this pearl and she wears it in her hair and this little uh, leaf thing that she puts together. But she's always wearing this. And so the guy sees it earlier, Chekhov's pearl. And then he asks her, where is this? And she says, oh, it's back at the house. And that and right drags- there shows you the difference between the first and the second one. Because in this one, it's Chekhov's pearl. In the last one, it would have been Chekhov's pearl necklace. Oh, my God. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! So, so it's then funny because two, it's true. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. It's pretty bad. So the first one. So the, now you've got this race against time, where he's, you know, he's going to attack her and steal this pearl back at the house. Meanwhile, uh, the captain's daughter is hooking up with him, but he's like, I, I said I would never hurt Lily like she's my wife this isn't right he realizes that what they're doing I mean because he's innocent to a certain point I'm not saying he shouldn't have known but also it's not like he was raised knowing learning all about monogamy and like he doesn't really understand what it means and so he's following his instincts and I I'm not saying this those aren't instincts here, here, well, hear me out here. Like Crystal is a guy. I'm not trying to defend his actions, but I think we can all agree he's a very naive, innocent character too that doesn't understand. And he's a teenage boy. Yeah, with hormones. Right. I, I feel like I. This is actually one of my favorite favorite parts of the movie. Which, yeah. Because because what ends up kind of not like getting him to think with his brain instead of his not brain um he he he, she says to him like well you guys aren't really married like that doesn't really mean anything yeah like the the, the, and he says to me it does right we're married like i like that that's again another nice that that like and that got him out of that way of thinking like he that was that was the moment that he realized that it was wrong so like take he he was logical about it and so that's i I agree that he was he was being a teenage boy. Yeah. He figured it out pretty quick. He was thinking with his Richard, but then he realized it was wrong and he got out of that situation. <laughs> so he's like, Lily, you know, where are you? He wants to go find her because he knows what he did is wrong and he just wants to see her and make sure she's okay. Uh, and she hears him. She, he hears her screaming. And so he ends up going into the. You know, I want to um, I want to ask a question about the name Richard. Yeah. How do they know his name? His name yeah. was Richard. They've rescued him. I th- Well, yeah, I think he knows that his dad's name was Richard 
could the mm-hmm. kid even talk like that the the character you saw that the child that was a, mm-hmm. adrift on that boat like you never really saw him talk right and so i you know and then suddenly they're just calling him richard yeah, yeah. wait a minute wait a minute is the captain still the uncle they didn't well we don't it know didn't because look they like because you you don't see any reference that to, was my confusion yeah I, I asked it in the first movie and i meant to ask it to lead yeah, into it, this it so, wasn't mark craig because it, and they didn't have anybody on it with like wild einstein hair right so, like, right well, no no we know the casting is different i right but, but do we know the characters are different they don't do anything to establish like that was why I, I i got so frustrated with the beginning of the movie because they didn't make the connection okay. like they didn't have because, somebody on board with wild einstein hair okay. to let us know that was the uncle right because he would know his son's name was richard exactly right. yeah and that would be the only thing like oh in memory we'll name him richard because we sure. don't know his name so that plays if the uncle is still in the story now i thought it was just recasting because i didn't know you know i didn't know let's just put but they, they, i have no they, idea i don't think they ever address him by that name they don't no. so like i don't think it's recasting i think it's just that, okay yeah but gotcha. anyway, so just, anyway so yeah i don't know how they know it but uh, allegedly somehow because the dad's name is richard and the kid doesn't know what his name is then they name him richard so what a, um but they so the creeper guy that's trying to steal this her decorative pearl thing that she wears uh she he he's trying to attack her but richard ends up going in uh the bad thing about this is that richard doesn't really know how to use a weapon and this guy as we saw earlier with Chekhov's rifle he has a rifle so he has no idea and i think i think it plays really well again with his naivete because when he does eventually get the rifle away from this guy like the guy's like whoa 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 and puts his hands up and then richard has it upside down and he's trying to poke him with it yeah he tries to use it as a spear okay but but can we just can we just pause for just a second when he gets grazed by the bullet was that not the craziest howl you've ever heard in your life like i was dying laughing that was i mean i i laughed so hard (laughs) that was the worst scream ever i know that was bad that was bad (laughs) definitely um that was yeah those that's called overacting and it certainly did happen when he got grazed but Again, I like I like how he didn't understand the rifle use. So even though he got it away, there was nothing he could do with it. And then the the creeper firsthand was like, "Oh, well, okay." And so they have their little scuffle, and uh, he they doesn't he push him off the house or something, and and, and he runs away uh, into the ocean. I think that's how he gets away. Like they they scuffle, he falls out of the house, and he runs away. The guys meanwhile shooting at him. Now I don't know how much ammo rifles have, and especially at that time. But he certainly did out of a lot of shots in that rifle. Yeah, apparently he could load really fast. Eighteen hundred. He well, he he's a teenager. No, no, no. Oh, this, the, this, other. This is the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking this is a. I'm thinking in the eighteen hundreds. Now, I'm no gun expert, and I'm guessing neither of you are either. But I don't. My think dad it's not did a like, lot of hunting with shotguns, and it they never. Re- no, that's not a thing. right. But like, it's not like his rifle. His rifle didn't have a clip in it. Like, no. you would put probably a. Sh- uh, yeah, I'm honestly not sure because I'm thinking like in old westerns, like the Rifleman. Remember the opening credits where mm-hmm. he would just be like, and he'd like keep like like cranking that thing down. I again know That's nothing about true, guns because you would like yeah, you would cock it by crank. I don't know yeah. how that works. Anyway, this dude though, but he and this would off. have been the era like after the era of cowboys. It like true. this movie opens in 1897, so at this point it's you know 19. 10 1911 okay so i mean I, you know at least okay so even if the gun can hold you know more than one bullet 
this is like the case where like a character in a movie has a revolver that holds six shots and then shoots 20 times. Right. Yeah. Totally. You know, like either way, this guy is shooting nonstop at Richard as he's yeah. like in the house. He shot at him and grazed him. Uh, he shot at him in the ocean, whatever. So he's shooting, he's missing constantly. And this is where Chekhov shark comes into play. Um, you know, to their credit, they did build up, they, they planted all these seeds throughout the movie for all yeah. the, these little things. So he ends up swimming and we know that he can outswim the shark and he ends up Which trapping him. Which is not a thing. What's that? Oh, <laughs> out running swimming a sh- I, yeah, Nobody I mean, can do that. No. Like, this is a movie. This, swim faster than Yeah, no, no, no. It's a movie moment for sure. Yeah. But he's the king of the island. He does the thing again. Uh, and so he gets to his rock in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and of course, the bad guy is still swimming after him. And then we see the the b-roll of a shark right and we cut to the bad guy and we see the b-roll of a shark and we cut to the bad guy. <laughs> i mean the movie was done on a budget i'm not going to pretend to say that this was like the best editing in the world or anything like that but and it really does come down to the editing because the shark footage was done by the same people from the first movie yeah no the, the yeah and, and yeah. the shark footage looked great and everything it's just it's not like they had a guy with a fin right moments with the bad guy and you were like oh he's approaching it was more like there's a shark there's a guy there's a shark right there's a guy yeah and then totally. all of a sudden the guy's like ah. yeah here's some <laughs> so, blood it, so good guys are triumphant uh that guy dies and uh they end up saying i mean i guess they all make good because the next scene it's like the captain wants to leave it whatever midday or whatever and then don't they just do they she's like i'm pregnant and she wants to stay on the island so they stay. yeah they realize i mean i i think it makes sense for the characters and their story it's like they're never gonna fit in it's the whole tarzan it's really just tarzan but i'm not gonna fit in with these people we're gonna meet a a million other of these first mate bad guys we're not gonna fit in we don't belong there let's stay on the island and yeah she's pregnant so they're gonna have a kid and uh that's their decision and the movie literally ends with they have a child now they have a a baby girl and just for old time's sake we get some some baby nakedness (laughs) and just gotta gotta pay homage to that original right right? like it's like hey everybody loved the naked little kids here's some more Ah! way to stick the landing but you know it's definitely no worse than the first one and it's it's that baby nudity that i guess you can get away with because it it is but it's also like it's it's like you can get away with it but why like there's a you could have have crafted a baby bikini i mean it's a newborn but like you but there's other ways to show that they've had a baby without showing you full-on either way though it was not done (laughs) i don't think it was done I don't think it was lurid, but yeah, I also just, think that like you could have accomplished the same thing in other I, ways. I, I think Kevin's just saying it still wasn't as bad as the first one. No, absolutely, I, and it was I, not and as I bad agree as the first with that. One. It yeah. wasn't, and and it's I also just, think that they did again. The movie did a better job of explaining why they stayed on the island because the first the first time they just like look at each other and they decide to stay. Yeah, but but like this one actually put some things in place mm-hmm. that made you understand why they would not want to go to civilization. Like if that was my one. Right experience with civilization, civilization, and I had been living on this island just fine. Right, I'd probably want to stay too. Exactly, yeah. they're only like they have you one need to go interaction until you need to go to the dentist or or have a baby. Right, like, I mean they make it look like it's easy, uh, but you and this having a baby <laughs> thing like it's Dude, so hard. They can come out breach. We've they seen can... how this works. It just it's just bloop bloop bloop, and the baby comes out easy peasy, uh, easy peasy. Y- 
right? I mean, there's another story out here where the you know she dies in childbirth and then Richard's raising, which would the be the realistic one, guys, right. the realistic one. Oh that's, no, that's I, how I know. hard that's, it is to have a baby. That's what I'm saying. There's like there's another there's a sequel in this that's more realistic where it's like yeah she she dies and now there's a single father on a remote island having to raise a child. Like I mean that would be an interesting story. There's there's different stories you can tell with these same characters. Yeah, but then they couldn't make it sexual. <laughs> or if they did, that's a whole oh. different movie. <laughs> no, no, but okay, but what would happen? And people think I'm it... the one who goes too far. <laughs> I'm just saying, if that was the point of this movie, which yeah. you both said it was, then then they couldn't just make a sequel because yeah. it wouldn't have the sex. The first one, though, this is a sequel to the. This would be a sequel to the second, much better handled one. And uh, what they would do is they would the, they would then the have final chapter in the trilogy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Blue Lagoon, they would have Return an, to the Blue Lagoon, and then you have Revenge of the Blue Lagoon, <laughs> <laughs> Rise of Blue Lagoon. So yeah. they would have another lifeboat come, and this time it would be a a guy with his son, and then that son would marry their daughter, and it would just. <laughs> Go forever! Oh my god! Uh, this, yeah, this they, movie they, was way better though. I'm I feel bad for them because I don't I I like to go to the sources and I couldn't even find the interview or the quote. But on IMDb trivia, it says Mila Jovovich says this is the worst movie she's ever done. I mean, relative to other things that could be true, but this movie's not that bad. I watched the behind the scenes when she was making this movie, and she was excited about it. She said it was a good movie. She was a very hopeful young yeah. actor saying she said i've got to do a good job I, I watched the whole thing and she's like i got to do a good job if they use a take i don't like i still need it to be good she was in it and you could tell she was really good in this movie it's a serviceable movie this is way better than a lot of movies we've watched lately yeah i mean it's, i'd watch this before bad news bears go to japan yeah it, yeah that's fair it was it was better than that it, i mean you know and and yeah, it's still not great, and I, and I get why she would want to distance herself from this. Interestingly enough, when she was coming up as a model, she was often referred to as the as the quote unquote new Brooke Shields. So, it which would, you know who I always think is who do you think of when you think of Brooke Shields? I don't know, younger it, actress. Who do you think of? I got nothing. Denise Richards. Oh, the eyebrows. I, she, I like to me. <laughs> I always. I mean, coming yeah. up, like, I think she was my generation's Brooke Shields. Interesting. I always yeah. think of Denise Richards Whereas being, my generation's Brooke Shields was Brooke was Shields. Brooke Shields. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a girl, so yeah. I didn't care. You know, I, I found a, a, an interesting thing about them filming on the island, and they were yeah. talking about how uh, they had to cut this mile-long swath through the jungle so the cars and trucks and could get the supplies to where they were filming. And, like, and, and the the... The people who lived on the island, you know, were showing them where to go and how to do it. And that the filmmakers were like, oh, like, we feel bad. Like, we're cutting down all this foliage for, you know, for the bet for over a mile so we can get right. from point to point. And and the and the, the the people from the island were like, oh, no, like we get so much rain. They're like, that'll be back in three months they're like you're not doing we're not we didn't let you do anything damaging like that's we'll nice. we cut this down we go to where we need to go and when we're done it'll just all grow back and it'll be it'll in like four months it'll look like we never did any of this did Which, you read the thing about and i don't know if it was for the first movie or this but did you read the trivia that when they were about when they were doing their ritual their cannibalistic ritual thing that that's that an blood? actual ritual from the 
like the dance moves and stuff. No. Not, the, not the cannibal part, but the dance moves were actually. Oh, but, but they but they don't know what they were saying. <laughs> like they never explained to them what if it would if it was like the real chant from a ritual oh, or if gotcha. they were making fun of the cast and crew. Like no one knows. So uh, I think it was on a director commentary, and it's probably the first one. The guy's like, if anyone from that part of the world that speaks that <laughs> language knows write in tell us what they were saying because they they let them just do do what thing. they do yeah, yeah do what but, they yeah, do yeah but it was <laughs> it was real indigenous people performing yeah. dances they didn't just hire a bunch of actors and say act right That's exactly so it, yeah. it'd yeah. be funny if they were really just like making fun of them and not doing it would their be ritual, great but i hope they were but i will also say like i was this movie should be rated x this needs to be censored. i was also relieved <laughs> to find out that they were using actual native tribes that it was you know what i mean otherwise it, it would have been super it offensive yeah because when right. they first showed up and it was just like oh no this is i know i had the same yeah. thought like, and i was like okay well i mean it's still not great but like at least they used real it's not Re- central casting, right? It's, totally. It's it. It wasn't the 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 white guy's idea of what this would look like. So exactly. But uh, so, but anyway. So there's a return to the Blue Lagoon. I don't. It think was we fine. Will be returning. I, I think this was a perfectly entertaining and serviceable movie, and uh, I I feel bad for the actors if this has been a scarlet letter on their IMDb or whatever because. I think they they both had chemistry, and I think they did fine. They both had great careers. When after you this. when you see Brian Krause at Comic Con, one of the things on his vinyl banner at his booth lists "Return to the Blue Lagoon." Yeah, so, this was his big break. I mean, yeah. this is yeah. he got to as it, this is his first big movie. It may have been his first leading movie. Um, I think maybe he was in some others, but it was his first big. I'll, you know what? I'll probably just tag the interview on the end of this because I talked to him about Blue okay. Lagoon. But from my recollection, and I'll edit this if it's wrong and let him tell it. But I believe this was his first starring role it got him his big break he got to hang out with a gorgeous model Mila Jovovich I mean this was this was a huge part of his career and I'm glad that he owns it and puts it on there whatever because again it sucks as kids these are 15 and 18 year old whatever these are teenagers either way you cut it and they got a zero percent from critics on this movie you know what I mean meaning right whatever negative reviews and that's too bad for your first big outing because they didn't deserve it I think kind of like Brooke Shields didn't deserve a Razzie they didn't deserve to get the hate for this movie it, it I, was, I, I would agree and I think yeah. and I don't know that they really ultimately got all that much hate I think this movie's more forgotten than anything I don't think well it, the box you know, office even you sure. know it didn't deserve to make three on an 11 million dollar budget or whatever it it was a fine movie and it's sad that people saw the first one for the wrong reasons and it was creepy intentions whereas this one didn't have the controversy so people didn't show up because this is the better story right so right they and deserve i think to it be says the- a lot more about society than it says about these two people yeah. right that's what i mean they're the collateral damage and that's a shame and uh just real quick uh, i'd like to talk about this sometimes the top 10 grossing movies of 1991 yeah. just to kind of see what was popular in the same time frame oh, so wow. com- so coming in at number 10 City Slickers, okay. one hundred and seventy-nine million dollars. That's nineteen ninety-one. Oh my gosh! Uh, wow. Number worldwide? nine, worldwide, right? Worldwide, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number nine, Hot Shots. Uh, coming in at number eight, Cape Fear. Mm. Number seven, The Adams Family. Oh, which is some of this is interesting because like I did not think these are worldwide grosses, but I did not think these movies, some of these movies were as popular as they were. These Coming are the in, movies I grew up with. These are in my wheelhouse. Hot yeah. Shots, Hot Shots Part Two, Adam's Family. I mean, these are, you know. Yeah. Coming in at number six, JFK. 
Number five, Silence of the Lambs. Coming in at number four, speaking of movies Kevin loves for no apparent reason, Hook. Oh, <laughs> Hook is Spielberg's masterpiece. I will defend it until my dying breath. Hook is a great movie, especially a great kids movie. I could go on forever about it, so don't you talk we trash know. about Hook. Oh, <laughs> Hook yeah. is awful. Uh, coming in at number three, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, okay. Number two, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like, Holy I had no crap. idea what? that... That was a huge movie. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was a hit, but I didn't know. And again, these are worldwide grosses. So, uh, oh my every, God, let me just two? tell you both every girl in middle school and high school knew that movie backwards and forwards, <laughs> the entire, uh, all of the music with it. Like, that was, that was the perfect romantic movie for a teenage girl right Did you there. get a kevin costner butt shot in that movie or something don't i don't even remember it was just like all romantic i i don't i, I don't feel know. like you do you don't remember yeah. uh-huh crystal I, just you knew it backwards here. and forward you knew it backwards. you don't remember if you see kevin <laughs> yeah. Listen, butt. Okay, i've seen okay. better butts than kevin costner well <laughs> she's like Thank she's you. like yeah Thank so you. i totally <laughs> don't know that at 43 minutes and 22 seconds you see <laughs> kevin costner's ass totally don't remember that so worldwide that did 390 million dollars and then coming in at Number one, uh, no shock if you know it came out that year, is Terminator 2 Judgment Day did a worldwide gross of $519 million, and that's not adjusted for inflation. Holy so, crap. Yeah, that's, that's that. there's there's a reason why that movie has been released on home video 7,000 times. Yeah, there's a versions. reason they keep making sequels to it, even though they're, they're, they've all yeah. been pretty bad. So I want to um, jump back real quick to number three, Beauty and the Beast, which, yeah. of course, is part of the Disney Renaissance and, and a great animated film from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new documentary on Disney Plus called Howard, and it is the story of Howard Ashman, who, of course, course is the songwriting partner of alan menken uh and uh they did little shop of horrors directed by frank oz which was adapted from the old uh roger corman movie right and uh they adapted that into a musical did really well off broadway ended up going to broadway and of course ended up doing the uh frank oz rick moranis movie um but then they uh they got hired by disney and they ended up making the little mermaid aladdin beauty and the beast together and they changed the way i mean those movies saved the company um, yeah their animation department and changed the way that animation was done um they were broadway guys i mean i mean they Alan, they turned disney cartoons into broadway musicals they're musicals people don't yeah. understand that there's people that grew up with disney movies and they don't like broadway they don't like musicals because people singing out of nowhere that's weird but the the medium of animation is something that they can wrap their head around because they're like, well, it makes sense. It's cartoon. It doesn't, it's not real life. So they got a whole generation and generations to come to be introduced to Broadway uh, that would have never even watched it. And they changed that animated movies became musicals. And uh, it is a fantastic documentary. It's so good. It goes all the way from childhood interviews with his mother, sister, uh, of course, Alan Menken, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. I mean, all Disney people. Um, It is so good. It's on Disney Plus. Definitely check it out. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash crystal D O'Keefe. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at clip out crystal. And this is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R bracket. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, wherever you're getting your podcast from, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers. So 
Uh, that's it for this one. No idea what we're doing next week or if I'll be even be allowed to pick after this week. Yeah, I told Tom his privileges <laughs> may be revoked uh, from uh, picking these. Uh, Understandable. Just uh, begotten sequels, especially without ever seeing them or reading up on them. So I just, I'm just glad that there isn't a hook too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I will write hook too so that we can talk about it. <laughs> so anyway, we'll figure it out and we will return. So until then... Amber's husband intercepts Giuseppe's letters. Critics have absolutely raved about the Divine Comedy, which is the debut album by my next guest, who's soon going to be embarking on a tour of North America with the Crash Test Dummies. Please join me in giving a very warm welcome to Mila. Reaching over, night to night, feeling sugar skin. My poor baby kissed him so, too ashamed to lift his cheek. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.